Hello and welcome to Secrets of Organ Playing podcast. We are your hosts, Vidas Pinkavichus and Oshamut Zeta Pinkavichin. We've been mastering secrets of organ playing for more than 20 years and sharing them on this blog since 2011. On this show, which we create from our home in Vilnius, Lithuania, we strive to help you grow in every area of organ playing, including practice, technique, repertoire, sight reading, hymn playing, improvisation, composition, music theory, harmony, and many others. Our hope is to help you become a complete musician, or what we call as total organist, a program which we have created to help you reach your dreams faster than you would do on your own. If you are new here, we invite you to subscribe to receive free updates of this blog at organduo.lt. By subscribing, you will also receive free video on how to master any organ composition and 10-day organ playing mini course. And now let's go to the podcast for today. Thank you so much, Frank, for joining in this conversation. It's a delight for me to be able to talk to you about your new paperback versions of your comprehensive harpsichord method 10 volumes uh, so far, right? Thank you so much and welcome yes. to the show. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you also. Yes, uh, I first uh, uh, met you online and we talked uh, on the podcast about your digital versions, uh, uh, downloadable, uh, printable um, PDF versions of, of your harpsichord method. I was so impressed yes. about, about your ability to create a systematic step-by-step approach for studying early music on the harpsichord from volume one with the basic rudimentary techniques uh, and then up to volume 10 which is very advanced so how did you how did you come up with such a tremendous a comprehensive volume in the first place well it was through teaching uh-huh. uh, i needed the material already for my students and so i had to look everywhere to have a good varied repertoire and you had to avoid using photocopies because when you teach in a conservatory, as you know, it's illegal. Yes. And so I had to do everything to avoid uh, the problems with that. And so I <clears throat> used, uh, I wrote things out by hand. I used photocopies until I was able to put everything on, uh, on software. And then <clears throat> with software, it took about five years to organize all of this. It, the, the harpsichord method was 12 years. It took 12 years to prepare the, the harpsichord method, but about five years to get everything into the software and to put it online. We launched it, the online, the, the virtual method, uh, back in 2013. Yes. So it's almost it's six years now that we've launched it. And now, uh, so in the last two years of my teaching, I was, used, I was teaching directly from my method. And it has been very, very successful. So that, that's how it came to be. And all of this, thanks to my collaborator, Sylvain Noé, who is a guest today. I put him on the guest list. I hope he's listening today. And uh, he gave me the idea to put it, uh, to, to create a virtual version. And he managed to find a way to have a paperback edition. This is very recent. We launched it about uh, four days ago. Yes. And so this is, this is very recent. So that's I've how it came to be. I've noticed that it's available on Amazon, right? Yes, that's correct. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's, that's correct. Uh, are you self-publishing it uh, on the Amazon or, or distributing via third parties? Uh, it's Amazon that takes care of it. It is self-publishing, but it's my collaborator, or webmaster, if you wish, who handles all of that, uh-huh. you see. Wonderful. It's, uh, it's so amazing that uh, today you can create your own publication basically for free on Amazon and, uh, and, and let it, let it uh, distribute uh, virtually without any cost to you, right? And you can do this on Kindle electronically or you can do it physically yeah. as you did uh, with paperback. Yes. Yeah. That's correct. Mm-hmm. 
And it was, it's thanks to my collaborator who organized all that. I put everything on software and he converts, he converts it to PDF. Yes. And then, uh, and, and now in the paperback version. No, Frank. And it's thanks to him who, uh, yes. Yes, I was going to say, uh, Frank, uh, you mentioned that uh, this uh, method came into being because you were teaching material and you uh, couldn't photocopy uh, other people's work, right? The students yeah, had that's, come that's up correct. with original things. So uh, when you first started back in 2013, uh, did, you, did you see Even before then? Publication? Yes, I started back in teaching, really, in reality, back in two, uh, 1992. Oh, long really. time ago. Mm -hmm. Yes, but there were very, very few publications. There were very nice, nice ideas in each one. Certain colleagues have done very, very, very nice things, but it was very incomplete. And you'd have a, have a truckload full of books to, to try to have something coherent. See, mm -hmm. there were very, very, very many lacunas. So you had to complete with this with, with piano methods or, or different exercises pulled right and left. And because we, and that's how it came to be. You know, Frank, a lot of people enjoy downloading uh, PDF files and, and playing from them. But a certain generation of uh, keyboardists are basically uh, or prefer prefer paperback versions uh, like original editions still play organ music from paperback right the same is probably with harpsichordists right yes i understand that uh, many people especially my generation and before uh, prefer tangible a uh, tangible tangible yeah. objects and i can understand that the the future generations will probably be different be different it's like with books that you read novels, uh, everything will eventually become virtual, I think. There will always be room for paper, for, for tangible objects, but if you project what's going on, everything is becoming virtual. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to satisfy, to please, to, to respect the tastes of everyone by having a paperback version as well as an electronic version. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I myself prefer playing from paperback editions whenever I can, uh, obviously, because it's better for my eyes, obviously. But if people are thinking about uh, the environment, they prefer virtual uh, methods, right? Yes. Virtual yes. materials, right. which they could just Cons look on the screen. Mm -hmm. Right, and it's easier to carry around. You put everything with a with an electronic version. You could <clears throat> put it in your tablet, your iPad, and you carry it around with you, and you can play it wherever you are, or you could use it to compare with with paper editions with other editions. Uh huh. So this gives you it gives you a choice. Yes, there is another tendency today: uh, the rise of audio material, not only yes paper not only only digital but also audio and to some degree video too um, have you thought about that incorporating audio samples and teaching materials in audio format like a like a podcast or uh, three no i haven't thought about that yet mm -hmm. i don't have the <clears throat> i personally don't have the material for that but right. it's a good idea <laughs> excuse me i have a little cold i have um i haven't really thought about it but i'll talk about it with my uh, collaborator but it's a good idea anyway yeah that way you will have both text video and audio yeah. uh, everything in yes. one, like like a very comprehensive but i i already think that your treatise is already uh, the most comprehensive harpsichord method available uh, to date uh, right you start from the very very simple exercises can you uh, can you yes. walk us through how the method is comp uh, comprised uh, from the beginning yes. well first of all uh, up until 1992 even even after that the harpsichord methods that existed were conceived for people that had a certain amount of keyboard knowledge mm -hmm. They had a certain amount of basic coordination. They knew how to find their notes. 
But the problem I had was I had little children who knew nothing. And uh, so you had to get modern piano methods to, to fill in the gap. And I didn't want to do that. I tried to adapt everything as possible for harpsichord touch and everything that is idiomatic to the harpsichord. So I <clears throat> took exercises and created even my own exercises that are horizontal, forming dialogues, eventually learning the first octave in contrary motion. And once the first octave is learned, we go back, go down to the C position for both hands. And then once that is learned, we <clears throat> go through the C major scale in two octaves. And we use all sorts of fingering. We have to, I, my method is conceived so that pupils or students can find the notes using any fingering. The important thing is to know where the, to localize the notes, to find out where they are localized on the keyboard. Then we simultaneously, we discuss touch, hand displacement with the octave displacement, uh, the sensation of intervals, seconds, thirds, fourths, fifths, of course, touch, and then we get into simple ornamentation, articulation, and we get more and more advanced progressively. Mm -hmm. That's right. Uh, you know, when people start with, uh, with piano, let's say, uh, yes. they have a different kind of touch, different kind of feeling, and even different kind of repertoire. It's, of it's course, it's, yeah. legato uh, touch uh, repertoire. And it's based on chords, and harpsichord is more or less um, polyphonic in yes. right? You have to have something else. Think, more polyphonic, more polyphonic. polyphonic. We use chords. We use chords also, but that's a little later. I mean, the second year, mm -hmm. at the end of the second year of study, where we get it, where chords are used in the in the in the repertoire, of course. Mm -hmm. And we study fingering, fingering, fingerings that were used for chords. Fingering just by uh, <clears throat> Michel Corette uh, or uh, uh, Michel de Saint Lambert, for example. Mm -hmm. And how I use that as a basic uh, basis for studies. How do these fingerings? Um, Sorry, I can't hear you. How do these uh, fingerings uh, differ from, let's say, modern piano fingerings? We we use less the thumb less Thumbless. than modern fingerings. But the thumb is used, but it was considered a bad finger. In earliest music, in early music, <clears throat> but uh, <clears throat> the thumb is used, but uh, we used it, the the uh, the index and the fourth finger are are more favorized, uh, second, third, and fourth fingers. You used uh, the thumb and the and the and the pinky and the little finger as a last resort, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and wanting to use them on the on the sharp keys because it, it, the instruments are very sensitive and that pr doesn't produce a good sound. Mm -hmm. That's why the thumb was avoided. But with Bach, in other words, the thumb was more used more often. But in the music before the precursors of Bach, the thumb is less used, even though it is used in the left hand. You have one, two, one, two, one, two, or two, one, two, one. You see that. But in the right hand, much less. You start with the second, second, and you start with the first, but use more. Two, three, two, three, three, four, three, four, three, four. That's right. See. Uh, when but it's concerning piano books, we're talking about modern piano, because early piano, the forte piano, and that's that was played almost like a played like a harpsichord at first. But uh, some composers didn't like it, and then the style changed when we evolved into the bel canto style with a more legato style uh, around Mozart's time. You mm -hmm. see, that's right. There's even a there's even a, a testimony by Czerny who had studied with Beethoven, who remembers, uh, who remembers uh, Mozart playing, and Beethoven said that Mozart's playing, he, was, he learned on the harpsichord, and his playing was no way adapted to piano playing. Well, that's his opinion. That choppy fingering, it's very, very, very choppy, that doesn't correspond to, modern, to piano playing. Well, that's his opinion, but uh, that you have to take in its context. Charlie's mm -hmm. saying, and that's what, Be he's quoting Beethoven. Mm -hmm. So that shows that the style was evolving around Mozart's time. Mm -hmm. so the two styles existed simultaneously, but gradually the more legato style came with Clementi and all of that later. And then later on up to Jacques Lemans with the organ with the legato absolu mm -hmm. that was developed by Jacques Lemans. See. How did it happen that in 20th, 20th century we, we forgot the early technique? Well, because of, uh, it's a question of mode. Uh, you, you had the French Revolution already, where many harpsichords were destroyed. 
because it was a symbol of the aristocracy. And it's a question of uh, making music more accessible to the general public. That's where the concert halls started coming into vogue to, because the harpsichord was adapted for a, a room of a, of a palace, but not for a large concert hall. So pianos, so that's where the piano was a, more of an instrument of the people, if you wish. And that uh, became more and more in vogue. So the harpsichord was, died out, it, it, it practically died out. Uh, certain composers still liked it, but the technique was forgotten. Mm. He, just to give an example, Chopin liked the harpsichord. How did he play it? I don't know. Uh, I remember seeing a piece written by Chopin. Supposedly it's for the harpsichord, but it's, it resembles more and more or less like a, a piano piece, uh, a Chopin piano piece. Uh, Verdi had a, a spin it somewhere in his, in his throning, collecting dust somewhere, but he, he did use a little bit. And uh, I think uh, Debussy wanted to write with the harps, harpsichord, but never had the opportunity to write for it. And then, of course, you have uh, Rossini, who has who included a harpsichord part in uh, the Barber of Seville, where there is an aria which is not always used, and there is an aria written in the old style. I guess it was to make people laugh, and it is accompanied on the harpsichord. So you see, the harpsichord was continuing even in Beethoven's time, but it was not no longer really in vogue. Mm -hmm. It was the piano style, and even if you look at the late harpsichord style, it's more of a Mozart style that's coming in. Mozart used the harpsichord, he wrote things, but the style is, it's the classical, the, the classicism style that's superseded and eclipsed the older harpsichord, the polyphonic style. And do you remember who was the first um, harpsichord uh, player in the 20th century who, who could be credited? 20th century? Yes. I, th I think it's uh, Louis Diemer, Louis Diemer, D-I-E-M-E-R, I think. He, he was really, he really wanted to uh, uh, go back and research how the harpsichord was played. Mm -hmm. I think uh, Louis Diemer is, is more credited than Wanda Landowska. I see. Wanda Landowska, it was a totally different approach. Mm -hmm. I think Louis Diemer, if you look, uh, he is credited for being uh, the one who, relaunched the harpsichord again. Mm -hmm. Good I think us, so. because if, if it wasn't for him, we would have uh, still playing uh, probably piano touch uh, or something similar, right? I can imagine, yes, mm -hmm. yes, because when you look at the harpsichords of the 1950s or 40s, they were like pianos. They had a, they had a, a metal uh, framework and they were built like pianos. It didn't sound very well. You, you hear them in some of the old movies an old uh, TV series, uh, but uh, that has, there's no comparison com in comparison with the harpsichords built according to historical tradition. Yes, yes, and uh, uh, with the revival of early music, uh, you have the revival of yes. early instrument making. That's correct. That was a good thing because I think we could thank all of the, uh, I guess, the rock culture, I guess, for a return to original sources. I think that's what brought about the. Uh, new, uh, historical organ building, historical early instrument building with reviving the early instruments like the lute and the, uh, the recorders and the chrome horns and the sack butts, all of that. Mm -hmm. You know, Frank, uh, in the organ world uh, today, there is a movement of digitizing everything and playing on the virtual organ, on the harp. Yes. Is this yes. similar with the harpsichord too? The standard? Uh, there are... There there are virtual harpsichords, but I'm not really convinced. I've played one, one, one mark, one brand. I'm not really convinced. I see. Uh, I haven't played them all, so I really can't make a judgment on that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As far as virtual organs, well, there are some excellent, there, is, uh, there are some stunning, stunning results mm -hmm. with, with uh, for example, Allen Organ Company and things like that. But of course, uh, nothing beats the the, 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 the authentic organ, the pipe organ. Yes. But there have been milestones. It's incredible what they've been able to do with um, what they call convolutions, with the, the, the diverse algorithms and, and uh, um, sampling the wavelengths emitted by uh, the stops. That is incredible. Mm -hmm. But and this uh, is nothing is really reproduces the, 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 the wind coming and, and the vibrations produced by the authentic, authentic, mm -hmm. authentic instrument for the moment. Of course, 
as they always say, never say never. So I, I'm waiting to see what kind of progress is going to be made. Mm -hmm. That's right. In, in a few decades, probably we might see an instrument uh, which virtually is uh, indistinguishable from, from the real thing. It might be, uh, but I cannot guarantee that. Pardon me? Uh, in a few decades, it, it is possible that the, the listener couldn't recognize the real thing uh, from the virtual. It, it might be possible. Some people are, there's a 50-50, there have been uh, surveys and they have uh, tested people. And uh, let's say uh, out of 20 people, you had 10 people who thought that the digital instrument was a pipe, was a pipe organ. Uh, so maybe uh, with the progress, they might be able to really, really capture the, the intensity of the sound, the presence mm -hmm. that is provided by an authentic pipe organ. It's possible. I really don't know. But I have been really impressed with certain Allen organs. It's just, just it's incredible what they've been able, been able to do. Mm -hmm. it's the, the, but the, however, the, the, the mechanical touch is... is they, there's, they, it's, they have a mechanical touch, but it's not, it has to be, it's not as sensitive as the, the, the suspended action we find in, in pipe organs built now, mm -hmm. according to early techniques. And uh, for So if you use your, if you're a good musician, if you're a good, pardon me? And for harpsichord, this development uh, no. is not yet complete. I haven't seen uh, this. I, I think it's less successful than the digital organ. Of course, I've only seen one or two different brands, so I really can't make a, an overall judgment. Mm -hmm. I was not impressed with the touch. No, and the sound, well, it's all right, but it's, just, it's not worth a real harpsichord. Maybe on a recording, but I really can't make an, a, a real judgment because I'd have to try different, different makes mm -hmm. of digital harpsichords. I'd like to compare a virtual harpsichords with the real harpsichords and yes. virtual organs with the real organs it yes. is, um, let's say beer and wine you have people drinking alcoholic beer and non-alcoholic yes. beer right and right. non-alcoholic beer is very very similar to the to the alcoholic beer in taste but oh, really yes but non-alcoholic wine is very very different from alcoholic wine therefore it's like like a harpsichord i've never tasted yeah it's it's very different i can imagine i've never i've never tasted a non-alcoholic wine i like wine but i've never tasted non-alcoholic wine so i really can't say yeah but uh, uh i like your your comparison we can also compare let's say an acoustic piano, let's talk about modern pianos, an acoustic uh, modern piano compared to a digital modern piano. Again, there are some surprising results with certain brand names. I don't know if we're allowed to mention brand names, but uh, there is a particular a brand name which, which is very successful. However, uh, you're always adjusting things, especially in the lower register. It's too loud, too soft. You have to make all kinds of uh, adjustments but the sound can be convincing but still it does it's not worth an excellent an excellent acoustical piano it's mm -hmm. probably better than a bad acoustical piano probably but uh, again I think nothing is worth the real thing yes. for the moment anyway uh, probably the, the uh, I can imagine the practicality of uh, recording uh, on the virtual organ or piano or harpsichord, very, very easy, right? You, you press the button and it's recording. <clears throat> it's possible, yeah, I guess so. But is there, an, is there enough presence when you listen to it? Is that that, that presence, that, that those vibrations that you hear compared to a real pipe organ, mm -hmm. is the presence there? Some makers, some digital organ builders say yes. Mm -hmm. But it all depends on the amount of amp tone cabinets you use and everything. Right. There's a lot of parameters that come into consideration. Mm -hmm. When I returned uh, from United States uh, to Lithuania, Oshra and I, we were looking for, uh, for instrument to play on, uh, to, uh, to have in, in our house. 
and uh, we research ah. digital organs and uh, and pipe organs and virtual organs and uh, we decided to go with the real thing we we have the two pipe two stop instrument but that's kind of yes. the real thing and we value it very much well you have the touch that way and yes. and it's an it's a practice instrument it's a practice instrument. okay yes. as long as you have the opportunity to play on larger instruments where you can use the the registration where you can make your registration okay fine but uh, a practice instrument having two stops or that's fine you have the touch and you have the real the real sound if fine if you're okay that's all right if i if i if I were in a position to buy another instrument, like a like a secondary instrument today, I would probably yes. choose pedal clavichord. Okay, there <laughs> uh, they are. You you see them more on the market now. Yes. Yes, that's very good. That's yes. very good. Also because Bach, as you know, or at least Carl Philipp Emanuel Bach, uh, says his father preferred people start with the clavichord rather than starting with the harpsichord before bidding the beginning of the organ because the clavichord is so sensible mm -hmm. so sensitive with a touch and and that's that's very good so a, a pedal a pedal clavichord would be excellent for your your foot touch yes are there any uh, pedal harpsichords available too uh not to me i haven't seen any in france i see them on the internet i see them in certain magazines but i haven't seen any in france I, i'm not aware of any Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. The harpsichord, the builders I know, of, I don't know of any clavichord builders personally. I know harpsichord builders, but not clavichord builders. Mm -hmm. So, uh, in France, I really don't know if, if 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 there are any around. I see. There are clavichord. There are clavichords, but uh, pedal pedal clavichords, I really don't know. Mm -hmm. What about pedal harpsichords? Uh, I haven't seen any in France. Mm -hmm. I don't know of anyone that makes makes them in France, but uh, they do exist uh, in different countries. I've seen uh, uh, advertisements about that on the internet or in different magazines, <clears throat> but um, I don't know if any pedal harpsichords exist in France mm -hmm. at, the, at the moment. Very interesting discussion. So, Frank, let's go back to your method, uh, harpsichord method. Um, can you share a little bit about the feedback you received from your students uh, who were studying from your method? What do they say? Wait, that they like it, and the parent and the parents appreciate it because everything is prepared for them. Because I had to spend, I write in the fingering at first. Later on, there's less and less fingering, mm -hmm. but I had so many students that were not well, well, well alert. And so you, they didn't know their right hand from their left. So you had to go back to all of the, all the way back and, and teach them basic things about coordination. What is your right? What is your left? What is your first finger? Where is your third finger? All of that. And working this, the motor skills. And so the parents thanked me for that. And the, and the students, when they grew older, older, they were very thankful to have this method mm -hmm. because um, their hands had the, had the basic coordination developed thanks to this method and they're able to 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 um, go into the more difficult things more difficult repertoire without problems because all of this groundwork was laid before mm -hmm. there are some colleagues who have not done this type of work and sometimes I've had some students who the, this groundwork was not laid down and uh, there was no coordination they they their their fingers didn't know where to go you could see that by washing their hands. And so uh, the brain was not linked with the muscles and was not linked with the ear, was not linked with the eye. So you had to go back and re to relearn, reteach them all of the basics. And now, uh, comparing to the organ world, I know you have a tremendous experience as an organist, right? And also as a harpsichordist. I started, I yes. started out with the modern piano then the organ and the harpsichord much much later much yes. later so my question is comparing to the organ studies yes. is there enough interest in the harpsichord today oh yes there is thanks to the early music movement uh, the, both instruments work hand in hand they're cousins as you know 
and uh, in France it's very a very popular instrument uh, in Germany also in the in the Netherlands and um, uh, there are a lot of people that want to learn to play the harpsichord the problem is the cost so uh, that's the thing so if students can come to the the school and and play the harpsichord okay but some schools only have one harpsichord so that poses a problem so you have to find harpsichord builders that build a, a, a playable instrument which is correct it's not going to fall to fall apart uh, so that's the problem you can more easily find a piano a playable piano uh, uh, than, a, than a playable harpsichord uh -huh, uh -huh. Uh, can uh, a small spinet be substituted for yeah. a harpsichord? I, th I think so. There are some colleagues who don't think so, but where I taught, I taught in the 18th district of Paris, which was uh, not one of the wealthiest dis district in districts in Paris. There are many poor people there. And uh, many people live in efficiencies or maybe a two-room apartment, two-room flats. So they didn't have any room to put a harpsichord. Yes. So I, I suggested buying, having a spinet harpsichord. I know everyone wants to have a complete a keyboard uh, the, from, from C to F. It, it's not possible, or F to F. It's not possible. So you, I suggested they start out with a spinet. And then at the, at later on, they can have, when they have more financial means, they can acquire a, a harpsichord once they have the room. Exactly. It's, it's being using common sense. Being yeah. practical, being it's realistic. Very, very good advice because uh, usually when people start from the beginning, they don't have the not only the means, but they don't know if their passion will last long. That's correct. That's correct. In the real harpsichord, right? It's better probably to That's start small, like a spinet or a virginal, right? And then That's and, right. And then progress from there in a few years I, if they can sustain your, their passion. I think so because, like with any instrument, it takes diligence, takes perseverance. And it's a fad that you're going to play for one year or two years and just, hey, I'd rather do something else afterwards. No, you have to be motivated, like with any instrument. Mm -hmm. So, uh, many, many my, my students, oh, I had them because they didn't find any other instrument. They, the piano classes were full. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and the violin classes were full. <clears throat> so I had students that weren't motivated. So I tried to get them motivated and they ended up by being motivated. They liked the sound. Mm -hmm. see? And uh, <clears throat> I know some colleagues won't like this approach. Uh, they says, if you don't have a harpsichord, if you don't have a spinet, please don't bother studying the harpsichord. No, that's not good. If you want to make the harpsichord known, you have to start with what you have. So I, had them get uh, a digital keyboard, uh, 61 notes. I know it's a heresy for many people, but uh, I told them if you like it, if, if, you, if you want to continue, then get a spinet harpsichord. See? Yes. I know that some colleagues would disagree with that, but it's being practical. If I didn't do that, I wouldn't have students. I would have probably one student. See? Uh, if you're in, the, in, a, in, a, in a wealthy area, that's fine. But when you're in, a, in an area where you have people from different nationalities who have uh, come, to, come to France, uh, considering the, the, the world context now, the migrants and all that, you can't reason that way. You can do that uh, when you have uh, students from, from wealthy families but you, uh, who have been, had an excellent music, musical culture. But when you have people who have, who have no idea of what non-Western music is like, uh, you, you have to... Uh, get down to the level, you see. Yes, I can relate because I think um, what you're saying uh, can be compared to going on a date with a girl, let's say, uh, and yeah. uh, and asking uh, if, to to marry her right away. <laughs> right. Reasonable, right? You have to. No, of course not. That's first, uh, for a few months at least, right? For maybe for uh, a few years, and then you can propose, right? Of course. Of course, it, it's of course. the same with, with the instruments. You don't invest in a large instrument uh, right away. It's the same thing with cars. You don't buy a very expensive car right away when you first uh, get no, of course not. license. Of course not. <laughs> it's like I use the example for driving a car. I said to learn how to drive a car, 
You don't need a Mercedes-Benz. You don't need a Rolls-Royce. You don't need a Ferrari. Uh, you buy, you can buy a, a Skoda, or you can buy a, a, a car like that. Uh, that's a reasonable, but that's, that's, that's decent. You can learn how to drive on that. Then later, when you, if you have enough money, then you can buy a, a more higher priced car. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's, that's, that's the same thing with an instrument. Frank, it's interesting. Uh, yes. When you teach the harpsichord, um, uh, how do you recommend people to practice? How, how long, for example, do you recommend to practice for, for a few hours a day or, or 30 minutes or 15 minutes? Or how do you... 30, 30 minutes at first, 20 minutes, as long as the, 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 the practice is, is done correctly. Mm -hmm. Then later on, you should go on to one hour, two hours, three hours, and if you're really motivated, four hours. And uh, it's like any concert, like any any instrumentalist who wants to become a concert artist, you, you could practice up to eight hours a day if you wish. But um, for the ordinary practice, you should practice uh, two to three hours a day. Mm -hmm. If you're if you're majoring in in a in a in a major conservatory, and if you want to become, it's generally three hours a day. If you have more time, four hours, five hours, okay. But for little little children, uh, twenty minutes, thirty minutes. It's fine. Mm -hmm. The thing do is that have, they must be. Do you have me? students like that who practice for a long time, like a few hours? I, I've had, I have, I've had students. I'm, in, I'm retired now, but I've had students who are well on their way now. They're, they're well on the way of becoming uh, professionals, and they practice uh, three to four hours a day for easily, with no problem, because mm -hmm. they, they want to, they want to get there. They want to, they want to succeed in their career. And they have, I've, I've put them in, in, to, in contact with excellent teachers who will be able to help, help them on their way. Wonderful. And I've been very happy for them. I was going to ask you another question, Frank. Yes. It's about um, uh, harpsichord and, uh, and studying not from the beginning, but somewhere in the middle, according to your method. Is it possible uh, for a keyboard player or an organist to to come into volume five or six or seven and not from of course the it is of of course it is mm -hmm. everything's designed to start to start from volume one but you can because the 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 student already has a keyboard knowledge yes you see and uh, it's up to the teacher to to improvise to 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 judge what the the, the student is capable of doing you will have certainly have to work on the on the touch certainly especially if the student came from uses modern piano technique with arm weight and all that we don't use that in the harp sport and so you have to uh, to to uh, teach this type of these type of elements to the student plus uh, the different articulations as well the articulate legato as you talk about you know the legato as as it was understood by Marburg Marburg and all these people Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, you could start with the exercise everything is concerned everything is coherent uh, I, I can't ask a, a student who is advanced to start with volume one because he already knows his notes the, the only thing is the touch is explained there but you can take the student wherever he or she is and you take advantage of the material of volume four or five or six and you teach the touch there mm -hmm. and the articulations uh, Frank, does your method uh, uh, touches uh, things like ornamentation and uh, maybe variation, improvisation a little bit, like continue playing? Yes, we go into a little, uh, a little bit of 18th century improvisation. Mm -hmm. uh, that uh, the the of uh, the the let's say from from uh, Bach to uh, to Rameau, for example, mm -hmm. personal because it's a little bit more familiar. Oh, I discussed this in, in, in one volume where students can learn how to improvise and to fill in notes that are, uh, everything, if it's too plain, you, you fill it in. Mm -hmm. And uh, I go into an improvisation that, ex improvisation that existed before then, it's called the diminutions. That was in the Renaissance and in the early Baroque, I, the music of Svedink and uh, John Dooland, these people in the Fitzwilliam Virginal, Virginal, Virginal book, 
I discussed that in one of the volumes, in volume, starting with volume, at the end of volume two, diminutions. So we go through volume three with that. Mm-hmm. And later, I go into 18th century, century improvisation, where you can be able to uh, uh, make variations in a, morsel, in a piece by Louis Couperin, for example. Mm-hmm. When people finish uh, volume 10, let's say, on your yes. level, what can they play already? What is their level? Their level is, is, is very advanced. They can uh, practice, they can uh, play all the repertoire, except with uh, contemporary music. But they can play all of the repertoire. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and what I'm doing now, I, I, I've, I'm waiting for volume 11 to come out. As, at least as an electronic version of the first, which deals with uh, the most difficult repertoire we used in international competitions. Uh-huh. So, uh, and uh, that's volume 11. And I'm working on volume 12, which is only a basso continuo, where I take the material used in all 10 volumes, even 11 volumes, and I put it together and readapt it. So you have everything in one place. And it would not only be the material from volumes 1 to 11, but it will be even beyond that because the, the muscle continuum material in volumes one to 11, it's only half the material that I have. So uh, volume 12 will uh, deal with, will go way beyond that mm-hmm. with 18th century uh, basso continuum. Mm-hmm. I was very impressed, uh, Frank, when you wrote to, to, uh, to me in the email uh, the other day that your uh, harpsichord method was purchased by, I think, over 1,000 people, right? That's correct. That's correct. That's correct. And I'm, I'm very happy with that. That's very I'm very happy with it. it from, from 30 countries, 30 countries, uh, not to mention all of them, but uh, you, uh, you can, all of the major countries. Do you, Frank, uh, keep in touch with your uh, online uh, readers and students? I, I do. Some, some of them contact me, they ask me questions, and I respond as, as best as I can. I do. Wonderful. I try to maintain a correspondence with them. Mm-hmm. That's very helpful. And a way, of, a way of doing it also is by, I have uh, two pages on Facebook also, is my proper, uh, my own page, Fragmento, and there's another, there's one page in English and a page in French. Mm-hmm. Uh, the page in English is Harpsichord Online, and the page in French is Club Saint en ligne, mm-hmm. where I, 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 I post things concerning the harpsichord, uh, performance advice and all of that. Mm-hmm. How to breathe, all that type of posture, how to prepare a concert, mm-hmm. where I put advice once in a while. Do you also post your own uh, um, playing videos or recordings? No, I haven't. I don't have the equipment for that type of thing. If someone wants to do it, maybe Mike, I don't know if my collaborator would have the time to do that, but that would be an interesting project. I haven't done that yet, no. Excellent. I started out, started out very simply with, with, with simple means. Mm-hmm. Probably, probably your, your phone would work for this too. Your iPad would oh, really? work. I would, I would think so. Yeah, you could experiment, uh, you know, uh, do a test, mm-hmm. like a test. Uh, it would have to be button. well done, Steve. Yes. It would have to be done by someone who really knows how to do that because mm-hmm. uh, I'm, not a ch- I'm not a computer champion. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I don't, I'd have to uh, have someone do that for me. I see. As long as if it's well done, okay, that would be fine. I think the only thing you would need an external microphone because internal microphones are not very well advanced with iPads and uh, phones. As you see, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> see, <laughs> as you see, I'm not a computer, I'm not a hacker and all of that. I don't know anything about, I'm not a computer scientist, as they say. So I, I start out very simply. Uh-huh. Me too. Because I come from the generation where, where everything was written by hand. Yeah. Yes. See, I, I'm gradually evolving into, the, into cyberspace, as they say now. Excellent. Uh, I also recently purchased external wireless microphone. Australia oh, really? made, uh, it's called Rode. R-O-D-E wireless. Um, it's called what? Rode what? 
road, R O D. Oh, really? Very, very small, and it works with with my phone, and I can live stream videos now with a much better sound quality. I see. See, I know nothing about that. My collaborator, Mr. Vanoy, I'm sure he knows about that because he's a computer scientist. Uh huh. And he's the one that gives me the ideas. Uh, he was he was the one that was able to to have a to create a paperback version. He was able to find uh, uh, people who were able to do that. He's the one that gave me the idea for the the electronic version that we've had up till now. Uh, so, uh, because I was using the standard procedure, uh, I wanted to publish my method in the old traditional way. You go and see a publisher, and you, you show the manuscripts. And they all say, I went to a music show in in, in Paris. And I says, well, you send me an example. And we'll it'll go through the commission. We'll see what they'll say. And I didn't want to do that because yeah. I, a lot of lot of projects get thrown into the dustbin, to the wastebasket. And so uh, my collaborator was one of my students. He found me through internet. He started studying harpsichord with me, and he's the one that had the idea of creating an electronic version. A digital version, and uh, that's 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 how it came to be back in 2013 when we launched the launched this method. Now it's six years that the method has been online, and I'm very very pleased with the uh, how it has been so warmly received. Wonderful, thank you so much, Frank. Uh, with sharing your knowledge and expertise about playing the harpsichord, and I'm really delighted that you have come up with now, I think, uh, eight volumes of paperback versions, and uh, volume nine and ten will be published soon, right? That's correct. Mm -hmm. That's right. Uh, that's that's correct. If I'm, that's correct. Yes, yes. I'm and thinking of my memory. Yes. And you're working on volume 11 and 12 for the future. Yes, volume 11 is done. I'm waiting for my collaborator to, to convert it to PDF. And I guess we'll launch it first as a, as a digital version, as an electronic version, as we did with the other volumes. Eventually a paperback version. And the volume now 12, which is on uh, Basse Continuum. And I'm working on that now. I, have, I still have a lot of work to do. Wonderful. But I'm 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 very happy to do it. I'm, I'm I'm so so happy because I think it's an excellent project, and a lot of people uh, have excellent comments from all over the world. Yes, so this has been helping people. That, yes. That's the that's the goal of the method. It's to help. It's to help teachers and students. Yes, it's very helpful when people write to you and respond to you right positively, and you get yes. encouraged and motivated to continue. Yes, exactly, exactly. Because you know how your work helps real people. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm always interested to have feedback, to have uh, answers from people who have acquired the, the volumes, to see how the progress that they're making. I'm always interested in their progress. Mm -hmm. All right. Could you share with our listeners one more time how they can find you and your harpsichord method online? Well, you can find it. Uh, I, I don't know if there's a link that you put in there. It's harpsichord-method.com. That's the uh, virtual. That's for the uh, the virtual the, the electronic version. Okay, yes. the paperback version. I don't have everything. I don't have the the, the references in front of me now. You know that's, what? I can uh, I can just advise uh, for your collaborator to put links to Amazon in your yes. website so that people would go to your website first and will find the links of paperback versions right away. We do have it on the website. Harps mm. If you uh, go to harpsichord.method, harpsichord-method.com, uh, you will find the link for the paperback version. Oh, that's very simple and much better. Yes, it's, uh, you, there's, it's, uh, you, you've got on the page market announcement. We talk about a paperback version, and it'll say you can find it here, or it's in blue, and you click on that, and you put puts you with the edition, with the Amazon uh, edition. Excellent. Thank you so much again, uh, Frank, and please continue working on your harpsichord uh, method, uh, volume twelve now, and uh, get back to me when it's done. I'll be delighted to talk about it.
uh, with pleasure. And please give my regards to Osra also. Yes. To Osra. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you very Thank you. much. And have uh, a good day. Have a good have day. A good and day. Uh, upcoming Christmas too. Uh, same to you. A Merry Christmas to you also. This blog is supported by Total Organist, the most comprehensive organ training program online, where you will find courses for every area of organ playing, including technique, practice, sight reading, repertoire playing, hymn playing, improvisation, composition, music theory and harmony, with hundreds of scores and thousands of exercises. Here is what some of the students are saying. Who writes? The sight reading course has helped me tremendously. Thank you very much for your SS courses and all your help. Robert writes, I found the fingerings, registration ideas and general comments to be excellent. John writes, I have found your download very helpful. It was really excellent. I have watched some of your teaching videos and when I read your instructions. I try to imagine you are there teaching me. You may feel disappointed that I am two three days behind, but I am a slow learner, and I have committed to taking the time to get it right as you say. But the other night my wife commented that she had never heard me play such a detailed melody in the left hand so well. My left hand is generally poor. Robert writes, It has been a great pleasure in my life of having discovered your courses and material as well as the YouTube work of recordings. You have a calm and pleasant way of teaching. Ron writes, Hi Vida Santosha, thank you guys. What a wonderful response to my email note to you. You've got me right, and I feel you understand my level of playing. Yes, at home and lucky that I have an organ for that reason. I am paying attention to this, and I am going to try this haha no longer secret model. Yes, and I love Caesar Frank too. What is very nice about your blog podcast is that Osha and Vidas are like a Socratic dialogue, and by bouncing things off of each other, so much more information comes out and is expressed. Your comments contain a wealth of information and understanding. I really appreciate this. It is very inspiring and will keep us moving forward. Would you like to receive the same or even better results that our students are getting? If so, join them at organduo.lt slash total dash organist. And of course, you will get the first month free too. You can cancel anytime. Also, if you haven't yet subscribed to receive free updates of this blog, make sure you do that at organduo.lt. By subscribing, you will also receive free video, how to master any organ composition and 10-day organ playing mini course. This was Vidas and Osha from Secrets of Organ Playing. And remember, when you practice, miracles happen.